Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24 7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VSIN. Whoa! Seton Hall took the lead, Some Sean. Some good news! Woo! Let's go, baby! Hour three. Wake up for those of you on the East Coast. What are you doing? It's a new day. Sean and Tim are here to take you home. And our good friend Jim Root is on the other side. And I was complaining to Jim, uh, saying how horrendous this game was. Seton Hall in Georgetown. But Jim watches all. And apparently, Mr. Root, at Second Chance Points on Twitter... There was a game that just concluded that you said was far worse than what we're witnessing at Madison Square Garden. Do tell about some swaction, by the way. Some swaction that was going on. Yeah, this is the Alcorn Prairie View A&M game. I I almost couldn't get on this, uh, be be a guest here, because it broke my brain watching some of the idiocy (laughs) down the stretch. Uh, Like multiple turnovers in the final 20 seconds by the team that was winning. And then to start overtime, something I've never seen before, uh, one team's guy doing the jump ball grabbed the other team on the jump ball and committed a foul one second in the OT, put him on the free throw line, free throws one second in. I've genuinely never seen a foul called on overtime before. I had a a, a sitting head coach in in Division One DM me saying, like, I've never seen that either. That's how (laughs) crazy it is. What a a ridiculous game. (laughs) Oh, man. And that's... And that's what we love about this time of year, Sean. The, the level of basketball IQ that I've watched over this week so far, 
I mean, it, it's very concerning. Um, I, well, you know, you know what's not great. IQ uh, Jim is punching someone on the on the floor, uh, and that's what. <laughs> Good he didn't old. punch him. Oh, that's right. He was running. The guy ran into his arm as he was going back up the my, court. My Come mistake. On. My mistake. So, uh, Buddy Beheim is uh, now sidelined for tomorrow's Duke game. Uh, they they look great today outside of, you know, the punching. Um, what do you make of Duke and Syracuse tomorrow? Uh, we had Brad Evans on earlier in the show. He liked Syracuse catching 13, even with Buddy Beheim sidelined. Uh, and uh, I'm pulling up a total because I know you're you're a totals guy. 150 is what we're looking at for a total in this one. Yeah, I, I do generally tend to gravitate towards dogs getting double digits at this point in the year. Uh, I think it's just really hard to put away a team who's back against the wall for its entire season. Usually they are going to make at least one or two runs in the second half, get inside that number. That said, I have a little concern about Syracuse. Duke completely destroyed this zone twice this year. The last time they played, they scored almost 1.6 points per possession for a whole game, which is just ludicrous. Uh, in the previous game, they scored uh, around 1.2. So I think Duke is going to score easily here. They have the shooting to do it. They have the guys to throw at the free throw line. It's just whether Joe Girard and Cole Swider and Jimmy Behan can make enough shots to keep up. I would imagine they probably can, but Duke is off a loss. They're playing a defense that they've already destroyed before. Uh, I, I don't have the the stones that Brad Evans does if he's willing to back the orange here. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting back and yeah, I'm gonna just watch and hoping. It's a relatively early game. Unlike unlike the Duke hater over yeah, here, I'm not gonna get carried. I've away. got Duke to uh, to win this conference, so uh, I, I feel uh, I I was happy by the performance from Boston College today. Uh, you know, you uh, you double as a bit of a bracketologist. So if there's some odds out there, uh, do you think Wake Forest was this a was this a death blow? Was how how uh, hurtful was this to their chances to make it to the NCAA tournament, losing to Boston College today? This felt like a death blow to me. Uh, the the resume is not that strong. They've only got five wins against Quad One and Quad Two. They're five and seven against those, so under 500. Only one of those five wins is Quad One. And they have one of the worst non-conference strength of schedules in the entire country. I think Steve Forbes wasn't sure what he had with his team when he was scheduling in the, in the, uh, for the, for the non-conference and didn't really challenge them. And the committee has held that over teams heads before. They're like, if you are not going out trying to play good games in the non-con, we're not going to reward you with an at-large bid, especially if you're right by the cut line. So I, I think that is a huge issue for Wake Forest. You leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth with a Q3 loss to end the season, a late collapse. I, I fear for Wake Forest hopes heading into Selection Sunday. We're talking to our good friend Jim Root at Second Chance Points. We haven't properly gave him his kudos. Chattanooga, yeah, Kaching, Georgia State, Kaching. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Root, we give you the uh, the salute. Uh, great calls you had. You had the the perfect scenario. Your long shot in Lafayette. Bryant, he had Bryant. At, you know, as did I. Yeah. And you know what? You almost were in God mode because Moorhead State and Missouri State both made the conference tournament game and lost buzzer beaters in both situations. And Moorhead State was right there. Yeah. D don't expect any more winners from me. I used them all last week. <laughs> that, that's it. I got nothing left. <laughs> well, let me get, let me get to a game and, and we're going to kind of bounce all over the place. These odds are starting to pop up. So, uh, you know, I don't know where your prep mode has been on, but 
Uh, one uh, one team that was a long shot that you liked, uh, I tailed a little bit. They won today, which was uh, the UTEP Miners. Uh, tomorrow they play the Covering Machines in Middle Tennessee State, and this is a pretty short line. Uh, UTEP's catching three, three and a half. So uh, we're gonna roll with the Miners here against um, the the Blue Raiders. I I say why not? I I don't know what the status is of Josh Jefferson. For Middle Tennessee, I don't know if it's even an injury. He was held out for the last two games. He's their best player, their uh, their biggest shot creator. So they need him out there. But it was undisclosed was why he missed the final two games of the year. He had some off court issues, some benchings when he was at Green Bay. So I, I have a hunch that that's what it is, and he'll be back in the lineup. Even so, I, I like UTEP. I love the way this team is trending this year uh, to close the season. They got a key piece back in Keontae Kennedy, who had been injured for most of the conference season. And their coach is fantastic. Joe Golding was at Abilene Christian, built that team up from nothing, came came through a Division One transition and uh, turned them into a, a NCAA tournament team, and, and one that even beat Texas last year. That, that was an incredible victory for that program. Now he's got more talent at UTEP. Uh, they they set their value a little low early in the season with the injuries they had, but man, I, I think they are really cresting upwards right now. I, I'm definitely willing to take the plus three. I, I think they went out right tomorrow. And it's plus three. Uh, you can catch three and a half in some spots. Okay. Uh, I think one spot in town has three and a half. By the way, for those wondering, uh, the winless Georgetown Hoyas who have not won. I don't think they've won a game in 2022, uh, Jim. Um, Confirmed. Yeah, no, th- this has not been their calendar year. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's it's March 9th and uh, March 10th, actually, where they are, because it's now midnight. Uh, it's the next day. And uh, they're winning. They're winning by one, Sean. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching it. It's it's never easy. It's, yeah, it's, it's never easy. I hope it, I hope that's what we're saying at the end. It's all it's always easy. I hope to, they get it done, and we can talk about how lucky they were. Um, the Mountain West gets rolling tomorrow. Now I know there are a couple games today. Uh, no no upsets as uh, chalk held. Uh, there were some covers as San Jose State got a got an easy cover against Fresno State. Uh, but anything tomorrow in uh, in Mountain West action just down the just down the road at Thomas and Mac on the campus of UNLV. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually uh, seen the lines popping, so forgive me if I don't have the exact number. We um, will not forgive I've, you, Jim. Ah, man, you guys are a tough crowd. Uh, I, I like Nevada tomorrow against Boise. Uh, I know the line. So I'm seeing six, six, six across the board. Yep. Yeah, uh, they were getting ten in Boise very recently, and they covered that with with ease. Uh, Nevada was a preseason favorite in this league, and they struggled with injuries. It's kind of the same team as UTEP. Uh, Warren Washington, their best big man, missed a while. Uh, Desmond Cambridge missed some time. Uh, one of their best guards, starting shooting guard. They're back. This team is a lot closer to full health. Uh, they can do some maddening things. They are not maybe the most well-coached squad out there, but uh, the talent is there. Uh, I, I just think they're, they're right kind of equal with Boise when all things are, are said and done with their rosters. So six on a neutral with some desperation to them as a you know a team in a do or die situation, like I said, I, I gravitate to to dogs at this point in the year. Uh, I think Nevada is a is a pretty solid bet there. So let me uh, get get your thoughts. So that's the early game, Nevada catching six against Boise. The next game is UNLV Wyoming, and I see differing differing lines. Uh, as, as, assuming my board's correct here, uh, there's a pick out there, which that seems about right. Uh, there's Wyoming minus one and a half here at Circa. Mm-hmm. And then DraftKings actually has UNLV minus one and a half. So there there seems to be some differing opinions. I think this the, the general consensus is it's a toss-up. And, and is that your kind of thought process with this game? A total of 136 and a half UNLV Wyoming, uh, kind of a coin flip situation? 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I like trying to dig into this and see, uh, get into the psyches of both teams. I, I can't figure it out. I can't get really a, an edge on either side. Uh, Wyoming is uh, back against the wall in the at-large situation. If they drop this, they are leaving their fate in the committee's hands the same way that Xavier did, the same way that uh, Wake Forest did. You don't want to do that at this point in the year. I think they need to be in the semis to even feel remotely safe on Sunday. But then UNLV, man, they are trending way up. They're great at home. Uh, you kind of throw out the season, the, the effort to close the season, I'm not worried about because they have nothing to play for. Uh, I, and they just beat Wyoming in this building. I have a hard time figuring this one out. I, I really see both sides. I like both teams. Generally, I, I think they're both well coached. I think they play smart. Uh, they both have legitimate stars that can get them buckets late in games. So I have to stay away from this one. Uh, I'm probably just going to watch and enjoy it. Good luck to anybody on a side here because I, I can't figure it out. Well, our hearts are palpitating right now. Uh, <laughs> Georgetown has got an open three, Jim. Oh, uh, my goodness. They missed. They got the offensive rebound, <laughs> and then Seton Hall gets a block. <laughs> now they're headed to the free throw no, line. They're not. Oh, no, they're not. They have the ball. Uh, real quickly, you know, we got 30 seconds, and you're, you're going to hang out for another segment. Just uh, your thoughts heading into the Big East in the final 30 seconds here, your Big East tournament 30-second uh, breakdown. Uh, yeah, I love Providence from a betting perspective. I love the draw that they have. I think the teams on their side, Marquette and, and Butler, not playing that great. Butler obviously got a win today, but I don't buy them. And then Creighton dealing with an injury to their starting point guard. So I think Providence is a really good draw. They're well-rested. Uh, I, would, I would be looking at the Friars there. Let the bottom half, UConn and Nova, beat each other up. Go Friars. And I mean, if Georgetown wins too, I mean, who knows what the Hoyas The Johnnies were. are beating the Villanova Uncles. I told you earlier in the show, and now you come up with your own opinions. All right, Jim's going to hang out one more segment. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Oh my gosh. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and the city that Georgetown is located in, Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCasts wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my goodness gracious. It's not supposed to be this hard. Actually, it is. Not when the team you're playing is 0-19. You're right. It's not, Tim. I agree. Seton Hall leads 55-53. They both want to lose this game, but unfortunately, one of them has to win. And uh, hopefully for us, it is Seton Hall. I just tried. I'm just, I got off my horrible bet at plus 116, so I'll end up netting a very little. Sean's trying to close out a six-leg money line parlay. We actually got lucky that the Georgetown guy decided to grab it again because it might have been out on Seton Hall. <laughs> All right, let's bring in our guest. He is uh, at Second Chance Points. Uh, by the way, uh, if you're not following him, what's wrong with you? Uh, right. And if you're not following the three-man weave on Twitter, at 3MW underscore CBB, what's wrong with you? I mean, Jim's just giving out winners. He's giving out candy. He is. And uh, he joins us right now. So uh, no pressure, Jim, by the way. Uh, <laughs> no Wait, look, you've already given out, what, a plus two, four, 260 and a plus 400 and concurred on a plus 120. So uh, 
you know, you're, you're in good shape. By the way, did you, uh, are you of the same mindset that I am with, uh, with, uh, with UNC? And I'm not talking about Chapel Hill. I'm talking about Northern Colorado. Six to one, baby. We rolling together. Big sky. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, love the way the draw set up for them. You, you mentioned it in your, uh, on the show, the injury to Southern Utah, like they're no slouch without him, but uh, without Tavion Jones, that is a, a tough, tough, uh, tough scene for number two, Southern Utah. So the three seed like that draw on the bottom half of the bracket, kind of the opposite of the Providence thing. I was saying what the other half beat each other up. Hopefully you get your team in the final and then you can decide what you want to do from there. Exactly. That's what we're hoping for. Look, you know, some of these bets are to set yourself up as uh, free throws here for Seton Hall to try to ice. Can this you please game. make the two free throws so we can get to Jim Root? Good <laughs> he, Lord. He's not making them. I just want to warn you. He <laughs> made the first one. So it's at, okay, least, a, okay. at least it's a three point game. Jim, by the Jeez. way, Jim's feet is like 20 seconds behind yeah, ours. So we're just spoiling it for him right now. Can he now. just make the free throw so we can get to our guest? <laughs> one more free throw. It is good. Okay, he made it. Okay, now All let's right. get to Jim. All there right. we go. There All we right, go. sticking in the Big East tomorrow, we've got the 4-5 matchup. Neither of these teams played today. Uh, and uh, as Seton Hall has won, there we go. Nice little six-teamer came in. Man. <laughs> Never. By the way, Jim, uh, Sean had Virginia Tech on his uh, six-team money line parlay. Yeah, they were up like fifteen. Yeah, they needed a thirty-footer at the buzzer. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a stressful day. <laughs> Marquette Creighton tomorrow. This is an early game for us here in Las Vegas. Eleven thirty, two thirty back east, uh, two thirty at the Garden, and a total of one forty-two and a half. That intrigues you. Why? Yeah, I, I like the under. I think the, the biggest part of it is uh, Ryan Nimhard, the point guard for, for Creighton, is out. I mentioned that kind of in my, my supporting of Providence in the Big East. Without him, I think they have to play slower. You can't run with Marquette at all, or you're going to turn the ball over like crazy. So I like the pace angle. Marquette also played a lot slower in league play. Uh, other than their final, their final two games were track meets, but I, I think that was kind of the exception rather than the rule especially as we enter postseason play where possessions get more important game tends to slow down. Uh, so one team without their point guard, another one that I think isn't going to be pushing the pace like crazy. Uh, I think that helps efficiency and pace in, in regards to the under. So uh, yeah, I'm with the under, I think I'm against steam a little bit there. So perhaps it's worth waiting to see if it gets a little bit higher, mm. uh, but I, I do like the under there for sure. Uh, I know you, I don't think you have an opinion or a play on this one, but I mentioned it earlier. I think I heard you talking about just a tricky matchup. Um, St. John's wins today pretty convincingly over DePaul, which I know some people will say it's DePaul. DePaul was playing better uh, down the stretch. I think, you know, that Posh Alexander historically, right, Jim, has given Colin Gillespie some issues. So you're looking at Villanova laying six. Uh, is this a tricky spot for them against the Johnnies tomorrow night? Maybe, maybe like it, sometimes it can help these teams that have actually played uh, and kind of gotten their momentum going. They figured out the, the shooting sight lines and all that stuff in the venue. Uh, so I, I could see Villanova getting off to a slow start against the pressure, a team that's going to be super lively, trying to uh, get all the way to the final and, and needing to win this tournament to make, to make the big dance. And yeah, as you mentioned last year, I, uh, Posh put Gillespie in like the hurt locker. One of the games, the torture chamber had maybe his worst game as a collegian, uh, turned it over a bunch. That was a, a serious issue. The, the most recent meeting between these two was bizarre. Villanova was up 20 with like four minutes left, and it all, got all the way down to where St. John's had a shot to tie. 
uh, just crazy turnovers. It, it was, you know, the kind of concerning thing with Villanova heading into the tournament of like, can, can they handle pressure? If St. John's is putting them out of, out of the rhythm that badly, uh, that's kind of supposed to be the bread and butter of this wildcat team. So I, the number feels a little low to me, but I do, I do agree that the matchup certainly favors St. John's considering the, the historical trends and the way they've been able to, to pressure that team. At Second Chance Points is where you can follow Jim. Uh, great written work on his website and others as well. So uh, make sure to check out uh, all of that content. Jim, let's go to the Big Ten. Talk me off this game, okay? Because you know my crazy mind and how I think, right? It is that. Final game of the regular season. Michigan State is up 18-1, to wins by 10 against the Dirty Terps. Now they're laying only three on a neutral. So my you know, twisted mind is like, well, Maryland's the right side. Talk me off Maryland. Do you like Sparty? Do you like the Terps? Anything in the Big Ten tomorrow with this matchup? Uh, yeah, I like I like Sparty here. And I know you, you're kind of probably looking at from a, oh, the stinks type of uh, line perspective, but they were laying six at Michigan State. Um, so for this to be three, I guess you're saying only, only three for a home at, at East Lansing is a little bit surprising that it would only be that much. Uh, but yeah, I, I still think this is kind of low. I thought that six was low. Uh, and I guess despite the second half comeback to Terrapins had they ended up cutting it to a one possession game. Uh, it turned out to be right in that one. And I, I just think that's kind of the way I'm leaning again here. Uh, Michigan state should be the better team categorically. Uh, they're, they're better coach. They don't have the weird situation. Maryland's dealing with the, with uh, Manning as an interim guy. Uh, I think they can beat them up on the glass inside, despite the weird rotation that they've been playing in there. So, yeah, I, I just think that number is too low. Uh, raised my eyebrow when I saw it uh, just the way I did with the the one on the final day of the regular season. So I will be on the Spartans laying three tomorrow. All right. I am. I am off it. I've been talked off. <laughs> I'm not do it. I'm just going to bet Virginia. Tech. I'm going with the fighting big balls. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm riding with Michigan State. Sparty my good party. friend, Will Bow. A.K.A. Big Balls comes on the show on Friday. He's a Michigan State alum. I'm rolling with Sparty. Well, hey, can you show show the people your shirt right here? Yeah. Represent yeah. USF. Yeah. USF. USF playing tomorrow uh, down in Fort Worth, Texas. The AAC uh, Conference Tournament getting rolling. South Florida and Central Florida. Uh, UCF, the fighting, fighting Johnny Dawkins, uh, laying nine. But this, man, this total, Jim, is low. 127. But there's a reason. Uh, is it? Is it low enough? Not low enough, says I. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out game. These two are big rivals. They usually play very low-possession, half-court games. Five of the last six between these two have gone under, including both games this season. I think we see that again. Uh, South Florida is the worst three-point shooting team in the country, and it's not even close. They're sub-25% for the entire season. That is, like, historically bad. And UCF's entire defensive strategy is, all right, shoot jumpers. We dare you. And South Florida is not going to be able to do that. So they won't be able to score. South Florida actually has a pretty stout defense, very physical, going to pre prevent UCF from scoring inside. So between the rivalry angle, the postseason angle, the historical trends of this one, the matchup, I think it all points to the under. I, I will definitely be on that under. It's just a matter of how much I'm putting on it. Tim, do I load up? That's that's the question I got to figure out. <laughs> and the total we have, you got what? 127. 127. All right, Jim, before we let you run, we got about a minute or so. Uh, I, I, I made another bet uh, in the MEAC today. Uh, Delaware <laughs> State, way to get it home. 11-2 uh, ATS to close out the season, despite going 0-13 straight up. 
So I thought I was out of the MEAC business, but apparently you might be dragging me back into the MEAC business because we got the pride of Queen Anne, Maryland, Maryland Eastern Shore, taking on North Carolina Central tomorrow. I got nothing. What do you got? I got NC Central. I call this a, a preseason expectations bet. I have a few of these every year in the conference tournament. A team that I think is just way undervalued based on where I thought they would be this season. And I think NC Central is is significantly better than Maryland Eastern Shore. Great defense on, on UMES, but uh, NC Central, categorically better talent. You're laying a real short number here, minus two, maybe even a minus one and a half out there if you can find it. Uh, I love the Eagles. Lavelle Moten is a great coach. He's won this MEAC tournament before with transfer talent. He can do it again this year. Uh, he won't. They'll lose to Norfolk State. But tomorrow, they will win. They will cover NC Central. That's that's who I'm riding tomorrow. That's why we love Jim. That's Hood. why we love because you. Because he goes to the extra games. He gives yeah, us NC Central. Love. He gives us Georgia State. He gives us Chattanooga. He gave us UL Lafayette to be on the other side of Georgia State. Mr. Root, always a pleasure, sir. Enjoy the week. Yeah, will do. You guys too. There he is. At Second Chance Points on Twitter, it's the Nightcap. Slash This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts like Greg Hoops Peterson. Got a got a commercial now on the network. <laughs> I got to work on his wardrobe, man. Matt Humans, JVT. Uh, we'll talk to JVT. I don't know, tomorrow night? Yeah, I think maybe tomorrow night. Maybe both nights. He'll be uh, live from the uh, Mountain West and yours truly. We'll have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to potential Cinderella. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only 19 bucks. Head over to VEASAN.com slash madness. It is the nightcap. It is. We seriously have to work on uh, UTEP, Virginia. Virginia won by one. So did uh, Vatek. Seton Hall won by four. Vatek won on a buzzer beater. <laughs> hey, man. man, go to church tomorrow. <laughs> Woo! Look at that. Might stop and get me a scratch off. My man. goodness gracious. But sir. they lost on a buzzer beater. Howard? Yep. Colgate and Howard. Yeah. In a money line. Howard parlor. lost on a buzzer beater to Coppin State. Ooh. Fighting Juan Dixon. So the, the buzzer beater giveth, the buzzer beater taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's just getting started, baby. It is, uh, it's such a great time of year. Uh, you know, obviously, the NFL is trying to, to put, say, hey, 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 we're over here, which, uh, look, a lot of people are, are still focusing on. And uh, let's give a couple thoughts real quickly. First and foremost, uh, for those who have not, been with us the entirety of the show or have not seen the tweet that has now gotten how many oh my a god lot. i mean sean i don't know uh what your your uh, <laughs> how many t- uh, tweets have been retweeted like this but uh let me just check it real quick you retweet a lot of people so uh hold on um i was, I was waiting for the exact tweet it has um 
1187 retweets so far sean so a there de- you it's go it's a decent day it's a decent day yeah. it's still dinging uh, my notifications um so for those who haven't missed once again uh what you said earlier today about the possibility of deshaun watson heading to pittsburgh so um this friday he has the grand jury hearing and the deposition and if things go well you know i've heard that there's mutual interest on both sides that he becomes the next quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, again, it, a lot of it revolves around what we find out, what kind of understanding can be ascertained Friday, you know, from a legal standpoint. But the desire is there. He has a no-trade clause. Um, he, Pittsburgh is one of the destinations that he would desire to go to. So, you know, hopefully it works out. If you're a Pittsburgh fan, I know uh, based on today's activity online, there are some people not so inclined to want Deshaun Watson to come to Pittsburgh, but the majority of people are static to the point that I was getting a lot of praying hands. I was, <laughs> please don't get my hopes up high. So, I mean, <laughs> I think it would be a great fit. You know, I think Pittsburgh's one of those organizations that, you know, has the brand strength, the continuity, and the leadership at the top levels to acquire someone that's going to come with some form of at least media baggage. And uh, they need a quarterback. That is for sure. So I tweeted the information out because, of course, we have a show that's on a gambling platform. And a lot of times, if you can get the information before the odds change, it's a benefit. So. I went out today and placed future wagers on the Steelers to win the AFC North, the Steelers to win the American Football Conference, and the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Those odds now are on your television screen. If you aren't watching on television, you're listening. The Steelers are plus 650 as we sit to win the North, 30 to 1, to win the AFC, and 60 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. If Deshaun Watson ultimately does end up in Pittsburgh, those odds will be drastically, drastically less across all three of those options. So hopefully it works out and I'm right. You know, I've been right before and the result didn't turn out right. I said late October, Jim Harbaugh would leave the University of Michigan to come back to the NFL as a head coach. Not a lot of people believed me. As soon as they lost to Georgia, all of a sudden people start reporting that Jim Harbaugh was looking to get back to the NFL. Ultimately, he did not make the jump, but it wasn't because he didn't want to. It was because Minnesota didn't actually offer him the job. Remember, they said they didn't like the way he interviewed. I still to this day don't understand why Minnesota was concerned with the interview of someone who had the success that he had with the San Francisco 49ers. But it is what it is. So we'll see how this plays out. You know, I know there are some reports also out of Pittsburgh saying that you know, the Steelers expressed they had no interest. Remember first press conference of this year's combine in Indianapolis. The Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll, was asked directly, is Russell Russell Wilson on the trade block? And he categorically denied it. He said Russell Wilson is not on the trade block. He'll be our quarterback. And as we know now, Russell Wilson is the new quarterback of the Denver Broncos. So it's the National Football League. Nothing's ever 100% until it's all signed, dotted, and completed. And we'll see how the weekend goes. Another big move, not nearly as big uh, as if Deshaun Watson. If you live in a certain city. (laughs) Yeah. I can tell you one thing. Uh, That city's about as excited uh, about that as they are, you know, Georgetown basketball right now. Uh, But that would be the Washington Commanders bringing home 
Carson Wentz. Because former Eagle quarterbacks have fared so well playing for the Burgundy and Gold. I will say this. I'm not lining up to go and bet Washington on futures, but Carson Wentz is an upgrade at the quarterback position. And the fact that they did not have to give back any of their young talent or any of their first-round draft capital, I think this was a win. At the end of the day, Carson Wentz is a quarterback that's thrown 140 touchdowns and 57 picks in its league. That's better than anything Washington currently has on the roster. He's also at a really uh, affordable $28 million per year number. You know, you think about Aaron Rodgers got 50 allegedly per year. Cousins, uh, Kirk uh, in Minnesota, and Dak Prescott, guys who I think are on the same level of player as Carson Wentz are making much more. Now, Carson, at some point in his career, has to figure out how to not continue to make the huge mistakes that cost his teams the games. And that's something, hopefully, that, you know, uh, the Washington staff, you know, can figure out and, and fix. And they're willing to take the chance on it. So, we'll see how it works out. But if I was a Commanders fan, you guys have a better chance with Carson Wentz at quarterback, in my opinion, than you do Taylor Heineke or anyone else who's currently on your roster. I agree. I think the worry for Commander fans uh, is that now they don't draft a quarterback at 11. But sometimes that's a good thing. And I've always said this, and, you know, I've talked to GMs. And don't force – and here's the thing. I wouldn't say don't force it, but if you're – if he's – so let me finish. Near the top of your board, so, I would say you got to go. So I've talked to owners, GMs, mm-hmm. head coaches, coordinators, position coaches in the National Football League about this, and it's a myriad of responses, but I always stick to my guns. If you have a deficiency at a position and you draft someone who can't feel that deficiency, ad- deficiency adequately, you still have the same deficiency. So if a team needs a quarterback, but – they take a young quarterback who's not that good, who doesn't turn out to be that good. Guess what? They still need a quarterback. They just wasted a pick that they could have utilized in some other area to become elite because the perception, the noise the said we have to take a quarterback. So if Washington looks at this draft of quarterbacks, this class of quarterbacks, says there's nobody that really jumps off the page to them, then go Carson Wentz and get better somewhere else. I mean, with that first-round pick, don't use it on a quarterback. Use it on someone that's going to be a starter for you, potentially a pro bowler, and wait till there's a draft where you feel like there's a guy you have to have and then do the things necessary to get him. Think about last year. All those teams drafted quarterbacks. There's only one team right now that's sure that they don't still need one, and that's New England Patriots. The Jets took Zach Wilson. They have no idea. I told you they overdrafted him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, even though he's a talented there's still some questions now about is he ever going to live up to the number one pick? And I'm not down on Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields, do you think the people of Chicago feel like, okay, we got our franchise quarterback, Trey Lance? This is a team, the 49ers are in the NFC Championship game. They moved up to take Trey Lance. We still don't know if their quarterback situation is answered. So that's what I mean about just because you have a hole at quarterback, taking one just because. There are a lot of really good players taken in the first round last year that could have helped those teams and been cornerstones of their organization moving forward instead of question marks. So you like the move by Washington. I do. What does Indy do? Well, Indy now has a lot of cap space. But there's no quarterback. They can get really good in a lot of other places, and then you find someone to bridge it. 
find someone to bring in. Maybe you bring in a Ryan Fitzpatrick. You what know? Is he? I mean, what did you call Pete Carroll? Old as Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jameis is available. Trubisky. There's some guys. We'll wrap things up, taking a look at a busy and loaded board for college basketball. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season is in full swing. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games. Or if you stayed up late, maybe you bet Seton Hall in-game. Take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from with flavors like grape, Tropical Burst, Cherry, Blue Raspberry, Sean's favorite, and more. There is a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. Usa. Decompress. Long college hoop day. Guess what? There's even more games tomorrow. Sean's throwing out news. Gets getting retweeted 1,200 times. My phone is blowing up. I'm like, what is going on? So I have to ask because... You know, when you when you when you live in, in, in the, the, the world that I do, I'm used to like my phone buzzing with retweets and comments and stuff. So <laughs> like do you want me to at you and Aaron That's fine. next time? Because I know Aaron, I didn't want to like I just be an inconvenience. I, I just I just hope that, you know, when, when they saw that my name was attached to your tweet. Right, because I'm trying to promote they, the show they, as well. They clicked on it and they're like, oh, Northern Colorado to win the big sky? Huh. I don't think, I don't know if I agree that Deshaun Watson will go to Pittsburgh, but hmm, Northern Colorado, that's intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we've had a busy day. Uh, I've got to get like our entire production. Uh, I'm throwing things. Crews ats for their Twitter so I can at them as well because. I want them to be bombarded. Um, all right, just a, a quick rundown. Our good friend Steve Sands from the Golf Channel was on uh, earlier today. Uh, he said he liked uh, Colin Morikawa, a little chalky, mm -hmm. uh, but he also liked Shane Lowry. What was Colin? You can get him here at 17 to 1. 17, okay. Yeah, here at Circa. As you see on the odds boards there at DraftKings, 14 to 1, uh, but 17 to 1 here at Circa. I'll take a little flyer. I, I know he's high on the board, but he felt like his game. Fits well there in all kind of flavors. Uh, he also likes Shane Lowry a little bit, uh, which is more of a longer shot. So uh, if you're looking for the longer shot down the board and didn't disagree with a handful of people here at the network, Matt Fitzpatrick, I took a little bite, uh, plus 175, top 20 for Matt Fitzpatrick. So I'll, uh, I'll tail on that. Uh, we had Brad Evans, his, uh, his, sledgehammer. Uh, he's going with the Pokes. No, the Rams. Excuse me. Colorado excuse State. Me. Colorado State. Uh, they are laying two right now. That line scares me. Yeah. I know. It was so. Here's what was unique about our two guests. Mm -hmm. 
You're all about stinky lines. I am. Their two favorite games were both real stinky lines. Yep. Colorado State only laying two versus Utah State, and Michigan State only laying three, three. versus Indiana. I will say this. Jim's uh, our guy, and I will stay off that game now because, you know, sometimes you have a, a thought and then someone else who you respect has that a different opinion. You don't have to bet them all. And like you said, man, this so far, these games have been so crazy. That's why, I mean, laying points this time of year. Now, look, Colgate was a favorite today by seven, yeah, six and a half. Bryant blew them easily, out. But Bryant the majority yesterday. of games have been under a minute left. They've been, they have been. Well, yeah, within one or two possessions. The Samuel L. Jackson right. gift. It has been a hold on to your butts. Even Virginia of, today, tonight. Yeah. I mean, they won by one. Won by one. Against a team that doesn't have a coach. So. Uh, it, it's been wild. But now the big boys are jumping into the pool, and we're going to get some uh, big-name teams, including Sean King's favorite team, I think. Duke. I'm not touching that game. So Even though I think Duke's going to win by 20-plus. You said this to our good friend Brad Evans and Sean King. What's that thing? It's about the third reading every uh, every time you go to church. The gospel. Yeah, you're speaking the gospel because you said, wait, it is up to 14 and a half. Oh, that number's going high. And uh, as a Duke ACC Futures ticket yeah. holder, I ain't touching this game. Yeah. I just need a win. That game's going to get higher. Buddy Bayheim, if you missed it, suspended for this game and certainly a, uh, a big loss there. Uh, Buddy Bayheim uh, on the year is pull up his uh, his average here but he is he's is their go-to guy averaging 19.3 points per game duke smashed them twice already this year with buddy Beheim, and he will be out so uh if you like duke you probably should get in now yeah, i'm gonna uh, just you, watch it if you like the cuse like brad did i would wait like sean said that was uh yeah. that was good advice i wouldn't be surprised if that game is up to 17 18 by more i really wouldn't because a lot of people are just figuring out because a lot of people work you know so like they're not looking at the ticker they're just seeing that Bayheim suspended for a game. Duke's a big name. Duke's fresh on people's minds after, you know, Coach K's last game. And they're gonna Duke last time Duke played Syracuse, when they went by 30. I mean, they eviscerated them. So we'll find out. Um, I want to stay in the ACC because this is a game I actually like. And uh I am gonna gonna be fading the Irish. Uh I like Virginia Tech. I think this line is as I would say, a little a little fishy, right? Virginia Tech, nip and tuck, life and death. Arguably should have lost to Clemson. Blew a big lead, hit a buzzer beater. And now it's a pick against Notre Dame. And what I feel like the public's going to do, they're going to look at seeds. Dude, Notre Dame's the two seed. Virginia Tech's the seven seed. And this game's a pick. Especially after Virginia Tech just won. Uh, these two teams uh, played... Back in January, Notre Dame, uh, I believe, had an early lead, then lost it. Um, I'm going to roll with Virginia Tech in this spot against the Irish. Yeah, after the day, I'm done with Virginia Tech. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Come tomorrow night when I'm on the show, I might join you. Yeah, hey, I'm done with Virginia <laughs> I Tech. I might join you. I saw what I needed to see tonight. They gave you enough uh, heartburn. Yeah, I'm going to just lead them They long. gave you enough heartburn. All right, real quickly, uh, just wrapping up the ACC, let's jump to the evening affair. We'll pretty much get to watch this game in its entirety. Uh, North Carolina... Coming off of the impressive mm -hmm. thumping of the Blue Devils, they get a team that 
Just going to lull you to sleep. Virginia. UNC laying three and a half. Virginia, a live dog here? I don't think so. I think North Carolina's playing good basketball right now. I mean, they're a team I'm high on. Uh, I think they're underrated. I think they're undervalued. I'm going to stay on this Tar Heel train until they convince me that I need to get off. Uh, I don't think I'll be on this game, but I would probably take the points, if anything. I would play North Carolina money line. I wouldn't lay the three and a half. Big East tomorrow. St. John's Villanova. That's an evening uh, one. That line out. It is uh, six or five and a half. Um, yeah, I like St. John's a little bit here. Uh, I think Posh Alexander uh, historically has, has guarded Colin Gillespie, the Big East player of the year. Well, uh, St. John's coming off an impressive performance over DePaul today. So I maybe, you know, I would actually maybe look St. John's first half in this spot. Did I see that the, the dog is juiced to plus 100? Uh, at DraftKings, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so you can get five and a half or you can get the six mm. depending on what you want. Uh, but yeah, mm. you can get you can get even money at DraftKings on St. John's minus five and a half or you can get the six. I'm just going to root against Villanova as I watch. I don't want to lose any money to them because I'll like throw me into like a tailspin. I'll just root and just watch their games and hope they lose. Um, We've got, uh, man, there's so many games that it's going to be impossible to get to all of them. Uh, UNLV Wyoming tomorrow. That'll be an afternoon affair. I will be in attendance uh, of this game. I'm so thinking about coming. I'll let you know. Please do. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a nightcap party. JVT will be there. By the way, my good friend Mark Harlan and his Utah Utes. He's in town. He's the athletic director there. They're playing tonight. Okay. Uh, do we have an update on the uh, Utah score? Uh, they were playing what Washington? I think so. Um, they are trailing by three. First half, second half? Second half, 47-44. If you hurry, you could probably get over there to catch the end of the game. Uh, I'll be okay. <laughs> uh, UNLV Wyoming, I'm in agreement with Jim Root. No thanks. I'm the, going UNLV here. The line. I just thought I saw some legitimate matchup issues for Wyoming as it pertains to UNLV. Wouldn't be surprised. I, I, Bryce, I'm going Hamilton, UNLV. Yeah. Bryce Hamilton, in my opinion, most talented player. Now, Bradley for you know San Diego State, you could certainly make that argument. But I, I, Bryce Hamilton, maybe the best uh, one of pure score right. in the in the conference. Um, Jim liked Nevada plus the six against yeah. Boise State. He felt like they were live uh, in that spot. So um, too many games to get to. I do like Virginia Tech. Uh, Jim Root liked Marquette Creighton under mm -hmm. North Carolina Central laying two. He liked Sparty Party minus three, and he liked the under in USF. And UCF. He did. Enjoy the madness. Guess what? We're back with you tomorrow night. Scott Seidenberg's coming up at the top of the hour. Thanks to Steve Sands, Brad Evans, and Jim Root for our producer, Aaron Oster. That's Sean. I'm Tim. This has been the Nightcap on VC.